Good morning, church. Boy, we had such a great time celebrating uh, this past Wednesday night in our parking lot. It was so great to see so many of you. And as we are worshiping again together online here today, I want to just encourage you again with our communion and, and remind you that Jesus has fully redeemed us by the seven different ways that he bled. And today, already, we're on the seventh and final way uh, that Jesus redeemed us completely through his process of going to the cross and dying for you and I. And uh, this, this passage is found in John chapter 19, verses 33 and 34. It says this, When they, the soldiers, came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. And the seventh way that Jesus bled for you and for me was from his heart. Uh, some, some people have studied this and, and believe that when he was pierced in his side, the, the spear pierced his heart and it released this flow of blood and water, which are signs of, can you believe this? A broken heart. Uh, Jesus died of a broken heart. And uh, boy, I tell you, we've all been through some difficult times and there's been a lot of heartache that some of us have experienced in life, a lot of disappointments, a lot of hurt, um, just a lot of uh, internal uh, suffering that we've gone through just because we live in a tough world and we've gone through a lot of tough things. But I got good news for you today. Jesus died of a broken heart so that your heart and my heart could be mended and made new. So today, as we celebrate communion, we're not just celebrating that we are uh, free from sickness and disease, uh, that we have um, the blessing of God on our hands and on our feet, that we've exchanged the curse for a crown of glory, and all these different ways that Jesus bled for us, we're also celebrating today, that there is healing for a broken heart. And if you've been hurt, if your heart's been hurt, I just, I just want to pray for you today that God would just fill you with his shalom and his peace and heal your heart so that you could be fully alive and healthy in him. Let's take communion together. Let's receive our living inheritance together. Lord Jesus, we come to you today and thank you for fully redeeming us and setting us free. Thank you, Lord, that today you, you, uh, you have healing for every single broken heart every hurt that we've gone through, every pain that we've experienced. Lord, there's healing in you. You are our comforter. And Lord, we thank you that we can be released from that pain. And uh, we can learn from that pain, but we can also be redeemed from it and be an avenue of health and wholeness to those who are going through the similar situations that we've gone through. Thank you for your comfort today. Thank you for healing. Thank you for blessing and favor. We receive you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together. Thank you, Lord. Well, today I want to continue our series on the power of Pentecost. Standing here in front of our local high school, as you can probably imagine. And, and uh, this is where a lot of activity goes on in our community. And one of the big impacts of Pentecost is that the church has been empowered for the last days to fulfill what Jesus began to do when he was here in the flesh. Now we are his flesh and we continue to build on the work Jesus established and we get to finish it 
before Jesus returns. It's just such a glorious life that we get to live. Uh, as we review uh, shortly today, I want to go through the other two that we've covered already, the three powerful impartations that God has given to us on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. So Pentecost is one of three holidays that God commanded the people to make a pilgrimage uh, to the temple in Jerusalem to celebrate. In Exodus 23, 14, it says, three times a year you are to celebrate a festival to me. And we've been talking about the three incredible, powerful impartations that Acts chapter 2 Pentecost was for the church of this age, this side of the resurrection of Jesus. And the first one is that by his spirit, God began to write his word on our hearts. He began to uh, change us from the inside out. No longer are we left to our own motivation, to our own effort, to our own will, to try to live out God's word. But now God himself has come upon us to help us and empower us to actually live out and align our lives with the life-giving principles of His Word. His Word is eternal and it's perfect. And when we are able to align our lives with God's Word, we benefit because it all leads to our life and our abundance of living. And so that's the first thing that God did at Pentecost was He poured out His Spirit in us so that He could write His Word on our hearts. The second one is that we actually are now inhabited by the presence of God. The Holy Spirit now dwells in us and God doesn't live in a building any longer. He now lives in people. He lives in you and in me. His full presence and power are in us. And as I mentioned last week, there are incredible implications of this fact. First of all, that we are fully forgiven of all of our sins. The fact that Jesus now inhabits us proves that his sacrifice for our sins was complete and perfect and accepted by God the Father. Secondly, it also means that we, we now have um, the presence of God in us and we are filled with the presence of, of his power. All of heaven is with us. All of the, all the backing of heaven is everywhere we go because, because he's in us. And thirdly, that we are a holy place that we have been cleansed, we have been set apart, and we have a holy, uh, set-apart mission in God. So this is what we talked about last week. Now this week, we're going to talk about the third and final big implication of the power that God poured out on Pentecost. And it is this. It is the time of harvest, the harvesting of the souls of mankind. So as we jump into this today, just get excited that we are alive at such a time as this. These are the last days, and God has a uh, a purpose for the power he has invested into his people. And you are his son. You are his daughter. And you are filled with this presence. And you have a great purpose with your life. So let's get excited about what God has called us to do. So the Feast of Pentecost is also in Hebrew called Shavuot. Or uh, Shavuot is the word in Hebrew for weeks. And it's also referred to in the scriptures as the Feast of Harvest. Here's what it says in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 15 to 16. From the day after the Sabbath, and this is the Passover Sabbath, from the day after the Sabbath, the day you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, count off seven full weeks. It's very interesting. Seven weeks of seven days. And we know that the number seven 
in uh, Hebrew is very important. It means complete. So seven times seven, seven weeks of seven days, says count off 50 days up to the day after the seventh Sabbath. And the 50 days is, of course, where we get the word penta in Greek. So that's the 50 days meaning. And then present an offering of new grain to the Lord. So part of the original Pentecost idea was to actually bring the first fruits of the wheat harvest to the Lord as an offering of thanksgiving. So one of the uh, connotations of spring, and if you listen closely, you can probably hear some birds chirping in the background. One, one, of the, one of the connotations of spring for all of us is this idea of new life. Just in the last two weeks, the, gr- the grass began, began to get green again on our lawns. Uh, the trees blossomed and, and flowers are starting to bloom. And, and there's fresh air. And uh, spring is all about new life. And so this is a spring festival that really kind of uh, has that picture of new life, new, the first harvest, and, and also what we're going to get to here is new life spiritually as well. So the Jewish people would travel to Jerusalem and bring with them the first fruits of their wheat harvest to the temple, offer it to the priest as a wave offering to the Lord. And this was, in the worshiper's heart, a way of saying to God, thank you, God, for providing for us. And as you have provided these first fruits for us and this first crop, we now trust and know that you will continue to provide all that we need. And so that was the the idea there. And God has always used the first fruits as a way to continue to test our hearts to make sure that we are trusting in him and not ourselves or anything else. Many of us today still practice this form of worship by our giving. So for me, for instance, every paycheck that I get, I take the first 10% and I bring that as a worshipful tithe to the Lord. And as a result of that, I've done this my whole life. And and by doing that, I'm saying, Lord, I, I thank you that all that I have is yours and it's from you. And I recognize that you are the one who has blessed me and you are the one who's provided for me and you will continue to provide for me and my family. And as a result of my uh, just simply aligning my trust with God by faithfully giving of the tithe, uh, me and my family, we have never lacked financially. Now, we don't have everything that we would want, but we have never lacked my entire life. God has been my provider and I have recognized that by worshiping him with the first fruits. And I want to encourage you to do that too because our means are through God. It's not through our own effort. God is our provider. And so even today, we are still a part of that faithful community of people who trust in the Lord with all our hearts. We don't lean on our own understanding. We don't even lean on our own efforts. But in all our ways, we acknowledge the Lord and he gives us the path to walk on and he blesses us along the way. Isn't that good news? So anyway, that's kind of the little history of the original Pentecost. But the Feast of Harvest or Pentecost takes on a greater significance in Acts chapter 2 than just a physical offering, a physical crop. You see, everything in the Old Testament is a shadow of a reality yet to be fulfilled in the New Testament, just like this component of Pentecost. While it was a picture of the first fruits 
of a physical crop, now we see in Acts chapter 2 a spiritual crop of souls for the kingdom of God. And this is when the church came alive. This is where God shows us that he's not just providing the food that we need to live. He is providing the greatest need that mankind has, and that is the salvation of our souls. He provides everything for us to the extent that through Jesus Christ, we now receive eternal life with him. All provision for all time is made through the blood of Jesus Christ for you and for me. Isn't that amazing, the fulfillment? It's like I'm, I'm standing in some shadows right now. A shadow of a tree right here is cast on this sidewalk. But I, all I have to do is turn to my right and I see the beauty of the tree. I can walk a couple of feet and begin to touch that tree. That's the real thing. And in the Old Testament, we see these shadows, but we don't see the real substance. And all of a sudden, through Jesus, we begin to see the true substance. And the true substance of God's provision is for your soul and your eternal destiny in Him. God loves you so much. He loves every single one of us so much that He gave His own Son, His own blood, so that none would be lost, but all would be saved and have eternal fellowship with Him. Today, get right with God. Today, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. God is for you. He's not against you. Hallelujah. And I pray that everyone's watching and listening to this will know Jesus and receive Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior and experience the provision of God of eternal life forever. It's awesome. So this is what happened in Acts chapter 2. Jesus is teaching his disciples just before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and he's telling them what to expect. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, and verse 8. He says, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You will be immersed in the presence of God. You will receive power. And that word power in Greek is the word dunamis, from which we generate the word dynamite. So there's this explosive power of God that comes upon people. He says, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and as a result of that power, and the purpose of that power, Jesus says, is you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So the purpose for this power is to be the witness that Jesus is alive and there is saving power through his name. To all who are here, all mankind needs to know this message of hope, this message of salvation, this message of forgiveness, this message of life. So Jesus says, the reason for the impartation of my spirit, my power, is so that you can continue to do what I began to do. And you can share with others the love that I have shown you and have put into your hearts. Isn't that awesome? That's who we are, church. It's harvest time. The harvest of souls is here. It goes on to say, uh, the, the scriptures go on to show us what happened in Acts chapter 2, verse 14. Verses 32 and 33, and verses 38 and 39. Peter, one of the apostles, gets up in front of the crowd, and this is what happened. It says, he raised his voice and addressed the crowd. And he said, God has, has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. 
exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I love this last verse, verse 39. He says, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Hey, that's you and that's me. We are far off in terms of the distance or time from this event, but we have been called by God and the church today is still living in the time of Pentecost, in the time of the outpouring of his spirit. And as a result in verse 41, this is what happened. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. So this is the birth of the church. This is, listen, the first fruits of the harvest of souls. That's the fulfillment of Pentecost. This is what the power is all about. It's for us now as the people of God, with the presence of God, to carry the message of God, the love of God, and the presence of God to a dying world, to those who are hurting and lost. And we are the carriers of this great message. We are the, the ambassadors of this amazing love. And God works in us, and he works through us to change the world. Hallelujah. That's the time that we are living in. That's why I wanted to share this message with you over the last several weeks, because it's so important for us to know we're not just making it through the day. We're not just living in the year 2020 for nothing. It's not about the year. It's not about um, you know, our goals in life. It is about the time of human history. This is the harvest time, the time to harvest the souls of mankind. And so in addition to this first fruit uh, a physical offering in the Old Testament, now we see a spiritual first fruits of God of the resurrection. And uh, one of our own, I'm so excited about this, has recently been called to the foreign missions field. And I, for one, am so excited to see what God is going to do in and through Carrie Muncy, who's been called to Rwanda as a missionary. And I want you to hear from her firsthand of what she's about to do. And I'm so excited and proud to be a part of her journey as part of her spiritual family. So let's listen to Carrie and check out what God's calling her to do and how she's going to be a part of this great harvest of souls. I'm Carrie, and I had the privilege of going to Rwanda. It did not take long while I was there to realize what a special place that was and for Rwanda to just capture my heart. And one of the things that did was just the people that we met. They were grateful, full of joy, uh, so friendly, and we were able to do some outreach in one of the villages. And while we were there, um, we were just praying with people and handing out Bibles, and we never had enough Bibles. We always ran out. We're actually there uh, for the 25th anniversary of the liberation of the genocide. And the genocide of 1994, Almost 800,000 people were brutally killed by their fellow Rwandans. And so Rwanda does have a history of hate and unimaginable crimes, but it has a present and a future full of promise and full of God's hand on that country. When I returned from Rwanda, I knew without a doubt that it was time to start pursuing 
um, an international school overseas again. I, about 15 years ago, had worked um, and served at a mission school um, called Vienna Christian School in Austria, and it was there that God captured my heart for missions and just serving him full time. In Rwanda again this summer, just revived that. And so um, I started looking at opportunities to be able to serve God full time again. And um, in that search, um, God led me to an organization called Be to the World, which is centered on providing um, schools in war-torn countries or recovering countries with support so that they can provide a Christian education. And in Rwanda, 40% of their population are kids from birth to the age of 14. So obviously the school age. And just for reference, in the U.S., we only have 14% in that age category. So you can see that the majority of Rwandans are school-aged kids. And that is where we want to start to reach people for the gospel. Their hearts are open. And a Christian school is one of those places that we get to do that in. And so Be to the World noticed that. And they have a project school in Kigali, which is the capital city of Rwanda. And that is where I will be serving. So in joining uh, Be to the World, I will be joining their staff as uh, the elementary principal at Kigali International Community School, which we call KICS. It is full of almost 30 countries represented by our students. and. When you think about that, it's so amazing what God can do in a Christian school. We have kids from countries where the gospel is closed. They're not allowed to meet openly and worship God and talk about Christ. And in Kigali, we're allowed to do that. And so we have kids who are worshiping daily. They're studying God's word daily and openly. And that is getting written on their heart. And that is going to remain there and stay there, just like God's word says. When they go back to their home countries, they're going to be ambassadors for Christ in a country that is aching for the gospel. Partners are so important. And so what I am really praying for is, first of all, just a team of prayer warriors to join me on this journey. And also with Be To The World, we need financial partners to be able to help support this ministry that we're part of. Prayer and financial partnering is just as important as those of us who are out there. It takes an entire team to make this happen and, and to serve God in a way that really glorifies Him. And so if that is something that you have a heart is to support missions or to support kicks in the ministry that's happening there through be to the world uh, we're gonna have a link to a website that gives more information and also a form you can fill out that just um, shows that you're interested and that's not necessarily a commitment yet but it just gives you one step closer to making a connection with me and allowing you to have more information thank you so much may God bless you and keep you Wow, this is so exciting to be a part of Carrie's journey together. If you'd like to support her, I highly encourage you to do that. As a church, we are really excited to announce that we are partnering with Carrie and we are going to be sponsoring her uh, this coming year and being a part of her journey. But we all are on a journey and we all have our own mission field. I'm not called to Rwanda. Most of us aren't called to go to another land like Carrie is, which is awesome for her. But I'm called here to Montrose. And uh, I'm, I'm called to be a coach at the high school. And those are the types of things that God has put on my heart. And that's where I ask for God's anointing 
to be his witness to those around me that he's put in front of me. And I ask you to do the same thing. If Whether you're a mom at home, whether you have your own company, whether you uh, work for someone else, whether you go to school, wherever you live, the neighbors around you, the places you go, we are all part of the great harvest of the last days of the souls of men and women and young people. And we are all filled with God's spirit. And we are all called to to present to God, not just a first fruits offering of a physical nature, but of a spiritual nature as well. And to, and to, to be a part of what God is doing in this world. I'm filming here all over the community today of Montrose. I know many of us in our family are from different communities like Chesney or Clio or Bertrand or New Lothrop, St. Charles, Mount Morris, uh, Bert, all around. Many of us are from Montrose. In fact, I'm standing in the park here uh, this morning and several families live right in this neighborhood, just a few hundred yards away. Our church is 100 yards this way. You can see the senior center behind me. Uh, the elementary school is to my left. The middle school and, and the high school are only 100 yards away. And God has placed us where we are to be a part of these people's lives and the people that you live next to. And that's what the church is all about. It's not a building. Uh, we're not about trying to get people into a building. We're about trying to get God's spirit into people. And he's with you and everywhere you go, God is with you. This is the power of Pentecost. We are his witnesses. And I'm so proud of you. And I commission you and encourage you to continue to shine your light, to love the people around you, to share that, that, that birth of, of the love of God in those around you. As we conclude this message today, I just want to also remind you that soon we will be regathering together in person at the Lamb of God. June 21st, okay, is going to be our first Sunday back in the building. Uh, but next week, we'll be doing one more online service. And then after we get back into the physical building, we will be recording and still live casting our services for those of you who are watching us from a distance. We'll still be doing this for you as well. But for those of you who would like to gather in person and you're ready and comfortable to do that, we will be doing that June 21st. Also, we're going to do another parking lot service on June 17th, Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. I hope you can come. We had a great time this week doing our first one. But before I go, I want to pray a blessing on you and on your family and also a fresh anointing upon you that you would see why you are here and why God has placed you in the place that you are and the influence that you carry. And may God anoint you and bless you to be His presence to those around you, okay? Lord, I thank you for this beautiful day that you've given us. I thank you for the opportunity to be a part of your plan and purpose for the last days. I thank you, Lord, that you've saved me and you've saved us and you've forgiven us, that you are writing your word on our heart and changing us in ways that we could not change ourselves. And I thank you, Lord, that your spirit now is with us and all of heaven is with us wherever we go. And Lord, that there is a purpose to this power that you've poured upon your people and that is to be your witnesses and to share your light and to see other people saved and rescued and so Lord we offer ourselves to you afresh and anew today that you would inhabit us and use us for your glory and your honor Lord may your love continue to flow through us your joy and peace be evident to those around us may you give us an anointing to reach the people near us that there will be more souls in the kingdom of heaven 
as a result of our obedience to you. May our church grow, our family grow, and, and may the kingdom grow and through you working in us and through us. And we thank you for all of this, Lord. Bless us mightily and abundantly, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, right now, before you go, if you're fairly new to our church or you're just visiting, I'd love to meet you and greet you and say hi to you. My wife and I right now are online. Would you just click on the link that you see and, uh, and we'll be there in person live greeting you and welcoming you and getting to know you a little bit. Also, stay tuned for Ryan and our children's ministry. And now let me pray the Lord's blessing over you and your family today. So now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace in his name. Amen. Love you guys. See you soon. God bless you.